0: Hi friends, this is episode 24 of the Bible Lab Podcast.
1: You are listening to the Bible Lab Podcast, recorded before a very lively audience on the campus of Loma Linda University. Here's your host, Roy Ice. Hey everybody, thanks so much for
0: joining us again. I just listened back to this episode and I have to tell you, it's just amazing what God is doing as we're opening up his word and just asking the simple question, God, what is your character like and how is it different from what we've grown up believing And and how does this answer some of these questions that have never made sense in our lives? So I'm excited that you're here with us. Just want to remind you, please join us at our website, thebiblelab.com. It's a great resource for you to get your study guide so you can follow along and see where we're at in the study as you're going through this audio podcast. Also, we want to invite you to join us on our Facebook account, The Bible Lab, and also we want you to subscribe to this podcast because what happens? is it helps other people get to know about this podcast. And if you want to start sharing and witnessing, a great way for you to do it is to subscribe and maybe even leave us a little comment about how this is helping your walk with God. Now, where we are going today is talking about the Holy Spirit as the Seal of God. And there's a lot of controversy about this, and you'll hear us kind of wrestle with this a little bit, but by the end, I'm telling you, you're going to come away understanding how much of a resource the Holy Spirit and God is to you now, and how it just completely changes your perspective of what you need to do right now, and how happy it makes you in this part of our journey. So I can't wait for you to listen to it. Welcome to the Bible Lab. Here we go. Number one. I remember the day I received the seal of God. I remember the day I received the seal of God. Uh Uh-oh. What's going on? I'm seeing a sea of orange. No. You do not remember the day you received the seal of God. We're going to talk about this later. We're not like my friends that I grew up with in Texas. My good friend's a Southern Baptist who would always ask me, so when were you saved? When, when was I, what? Well, I'm still working out my salvation. That's what I was told to say at church. Number two, the seal of God is directly connected to one of the Ten Commandments. The seal of God is directly connected to one of the Ten Commandments. Okay, I'm seeing a blending here. I am seeing... About 45% no, I'm seeing about 45% maybe, and I'm seeing about 10% yes. I'm going to ask you a question that's not in your script. How many of you grew up in a different denomination than this one? Yes or no? I grew up in a denomination other than this one. Okay, our numbers are pretty close to the same which shows the the number of you that say, yes, it's directly connected to one commandment. There's some uh, interesting conversation that's going to happen here in a little bit. Don't call me a heretic yet. I haven't said anything. (laughs) Number three, in the last days, people will not be sealed until after the close of probation. In the last days, people will not be sealed until after the close of probation. Yes or no? Okay, I am seeing a vast majority of no, maybe 85% no, which means you are all heretics in this room. (laughs) I'm seeing a vast majority of maybes as well, a large number of majorities as well. Number four, the opposite of the mark of the beast is the seal of God. The opposite of the mark of the beast is the seal of God. Now I'm seeing a sea of green. I'm thinking like 95% yes and 5% maybe, because you guys still don't trust me on the yes or no questions. (laughs) It's okay. You're not wrong. You're just different. (laughs) Number five, as Christians, we should not live as if we are confident of our own salvation. As Christians, we should not live as if we are confident of our own salvation. All right. It's a double negative. Thank you for noticing that, John. Great. I'm known to do that. So I'm seeing a vast, like 98% no and a few maybes, because once again, you don't trust me. This is going to be a good discussion. Some of your responses I was not expecting, but the good news is I had 42 pages of notes this week, and so I'm still prepared for you, okay? I'm ready to go where you're taking us. To understand where you're taking us today, I need to ask you a question, in the past, What have you been told the seal of God really is? In the past, what have you been told the seal of God really is? Raise your comment card if you'd like a microphone. In the past, when people have talked about the seal of God, what did they explain it to be? Emily?
1: Keeping
2: Saturday as the Sabbath.
0: Keeping the fourth commandments. Keeping Saturday as the Sabbath. Anybody hear that? Yes or no cards? How many of you heard that keeping the Sabbath, keeping the fourth commandment is... The seal of God, I'm seeing a bunch of green. I don't see any. Okay, good. And those of you that aren't raising your cards, is because you're like, yeah, I wasn't part of this cult um, (laughs) growing up. Good. Was there a comment card over here? Yes.
3: I was taught that the seal of God meant I belonged to him.
0: Okay, good. It means you belong to him. God owns you. Good. Anybody else? What did you hear in the past growing up that the seal of God is?
4: When I was baptized.
0: Oh, so when you were baptized, you were sealed. Very good. Yes. Very good. Okay. I like it. Back here.
3: Um, I did not grow up uh, learning about the Holy Spirit, but after conversion, I learned the Holy Spirit is like a, an engagement ring uh, from God.
0: Wow. A okay. A promise
3: of what's to come.
0: Very cool. Very cool. I'm going to come back to that. Uh, in a, a couple of our Bible texts coming up, I, w- I want you to remember what Marilyn just said. Because she's not just throwing something out there as, boy, that would be nice if, okay? I like what you said. We're coming back to it.
5: Yes? I was told that the seal of God was a settling in the, in the truth that I should not be moved.
0: And, and not be moved, meaning once you had the seal of God, you would be...
5: Sealed. Like, sealed and perfect. For, yeah.
0: You, you, you know, even... Even when you sneeze, others wouldn't hear it because you're disturbing them. Yes, exactly. You're just perfect. This is going to be good because many of you um, grew up hearing very similar things to what was just shared. In fact, you grew up hearing prophecy about this. Okay. What we're going to do today is we're going to stir the pot a little bit, but not for controversy's sake. We're going to stir the pot because we need to see the ingredients. We need to see what does the Bible say the seal of God is. And it may turn out that it's all of them, all of the things that we told and some of the things we were never told. And so today what I want you to do is I want you to take a step back and say, I know what I've heard, but let's take a look at the language of Scripture and the um, nuances of those words in Scripture and the repetition of Scripture to see what does the Bible consistently say when it talks about the seal of God. And to do that, let's start out with the first of the three texts that we're going to look at today. I had four on the Wednesday warm-up, I know, but I don't think, as I went through this, I was like, we don't have time for all four. So we're going to refer to Ephesians 4.30 throughout the conversation, but we're not going to specifically talk about it because in many ways it's just repetitious, but the first place I want us to go to is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, which says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set His seal of ownership on us, and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Now, In the Bible references that are following this, the ones to come, you're going to see these words repeated. You're going to see the words anointed, seal, deposit, and guarantee. You're going to see this. As the scripture wrestles with this, you're going to see those terms over and over again. So for this first verse, because we're going to deal with the other words later, I want us to just deal with one of the words first so we don't go all over the place. Okay, Keeping you, guys, you kittens in a box is really hard enough to just say, here's the verse, what do you think? So let's go word by word, and let's start with the word anointed. What do you think it means here that God anointed us? What does it mean that God anointed us? In context of the scripture, read the words leading up to it, what do you think it means that God anointed? anointed us raise your comment card if you have a question or a comment
4: to me when a person is anointed by the Lord means he's kind of set aside and uh, he's turning from his former ways
0: okay okay so it's a sense of being set aside and no longer doing the things you used to do okay
5: great excellent back here
3: um it means that we
5: are God's own
0: okay So it means that... We are in his family. Okay, good. So now there's a a heightened relationship with this anointing. I love this. I love the way you're going. I had a completely different experience with the word anointed.
5: Yes. It was for the sick.
0: Yes. We use that quite a bit. This anointing, uh, you can read it in, in, uh, in James 5 where it says, you know, if any of you are sick... Call the elders. Have them anoint you. Anoint your head with oil. If you go back to the to the ways that David used it, quite often, he was talking about anointing his head with oil. So I had that reference to healing and uh, and different things back here. Joel, um, don't they anoint people when they're being chosen for like leadership or kingship or something like that as well? Absolutely. I that up? <laughs> it's done during times of conferring. Conferring spiritual support and help for a leadership position, so it's used that way too. Yeah, back here.
1: Um, yes, I. If something happened to me once. Uh, I um, was praying, and all of a sudden, I started speaking in tongues. Hmm. And uh, to me, that was you know weird because I was hearing myself, but I wasn't understanding what's going on. Hmm. I just felt so anointed and, um, you know, blessed after that. So I don't know if that happened to anybody else, but Hmm. that was my personal experience.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if it's happened to anybody else either, but I'll tell you this, I know, no one would say yes in this group, not in this denomination, (laughs) because we made it very clear that, of course, we don't do that. Here, So when it happens, it causes some confusion. Was that of God or what? I I don't know what just happened. It's not something that historically our denomination has truly tackled uh, and and come to some understanding. So very good. Anointed is an interesting word here. Um, And you'll see a couple of lines down below. In Greek, it's krisos. Kresos sounds very similar to another word. I'm going to ask you about that in a second, so keep that in your mind. What does it sound like? Joseph?
4: Uh, Anointing uh, carries the the effect of being chosen, being set aside Mm -hmm. for special service. Yes. Um, But there is something else that... Bothers my mind somewhat is the idea that the uh, Sabbath commandment contains the seal of God, Hmm. and um, we will be sealed when Sunday law is established, Hmm. Uh, not before. Hmm. So there, there's a kind of uh, contradiction uh, as we we interpret. Yeah. what this ceiling is all about and yeah. when it will be
0: yeah
4: is it prior to um, probation being closed are we sealed now hmm. so how do we do we apply these terms as being set aside yeah because if you are set aside there's a ceiling yeah in effect
0: I'm so glad you asked that question because that Is the ultimate question I'm praying that all of us ask today? Because if we just repeat what we've heard, we're bound to say some fairly ugly things about God. If it is, if the sealing of God is all about one commandment, and whether you keep that one commandment or not, what does that say about your God? Because as far as I understand it, when Christ, the Son of God himself, walked this earth, the people who wanted him dead were the people who were very upset because he broke the Sabbath. You could read the Mishnah and see there are laws surrounding the fourth commandment to make sure there's no possible way that you could ever break the fourth commandment. And those are the people that ran home on Friday night to make sure that they weren't breaking the Sabbath when Jesus was hanging on a cross. If those are the people who are sealed by God because they're keeping the fourth commandment and God says, well, (laughs) you guys were jerks to me when I was on earth, but you know, you you figured out the key, you figured my little trick and because you guys kept the fourth commandment even though you didn't love me, Even though you couldn't even recognize me, even though you criticized me and ultimately crucified me, I got to let you in because you guys kept that that one commandment. You guys figured it out. What's that say about God? When you got this sweet family next door who go to church on the first day of the week, they love Jesus, they're raising their kids to, to try to love Jesus as well. And God says, I'd love to have you in heaven, but you know... Your neighbor did have right on their license plate cover, right there, plain as day, you saw it every day when you came home, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. It said it plain as day, white letters on black plastic frame right there, and you ignored it. So as sweet as you are and as much as you love me, I cannot spend eternity with you. Be very careful about what your theology says about the character of God, because you are bound to make a very ugly God if we, if we make him in this tricky way. It's little. If you can manipulate the system and figure out the secret key, it's, you know, we will reveal it to you. And if you do this, you're saved. If not, good riddance.
4: Back here. There is a special book is called the book of life mm-hmm. when our name is written in the book of life yes I can have the assurance that I'm saved mm-hmm. or sealed I should say yeah
0: the question for us especially those of us that grew up in this denomination is when does that happen and today we're going to answer that question because it is included in the three texts that we're looking at today when does it happen is this something that happens in the future is this something that happens now, or is it something that for many of us might have happened in the past? We just didn't realize it. Because someone told us that you would feel it. You would have this overwhelming feeling. And some of you are like, I'm still waiting for that feeling. I've been in the church 50 years. So today we're going to talk about that specifically. Greg.
6: Well, I think we got to look at the word seal.
0: Mm-hmm. Because the word seal can be an animal, a verb, or a noun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when I'm you're so saying glad you brought seal, that up. Yeah, wait, you know, I, I mean... I, I, I was teaching this fifth grade Bible class one time, and they wanted me to teach on, on Revelation 6, the six seals, and everyone thought I was taking them to sea World. okay? <laughs> they were so disappointed when no actual seals were involved. Exactly. Very good. And Greg, you're taking us to the next verse. I'm so glad you are, because the next verse takes us the next step. But before we take too far of a step. I want to make sure we understand what anointed means before we move on to seal. Anointed, as you look at your study guide here, it says in Greek, the word is krisos. And if you read in the Greek, it's really close to another word. That's just two words away from it, christos. christos. That's Christ in Greek, isn't it? What krisos means in Greek is to make you like Christ. To anoint you, you were anointed to become Christ-like. So when you look at the opening phrase of verse 21, when it says, now it is God who makes both us, Paul talking about him and the, and the others in his evangelistic team, makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. So how are you made Christ-like? It is not by your might. It is the anointing of God saying, I will place the Spirit in you who will change you and the changes will make you like Christ. And the places where you were stumbling before, now you are standing firm. Not by your power. It is God's Spirit in you that has anointed you and you can't help it Because of association, when people see you, they see Christ. You guys are just way too close. And you're rubbing off on each other. And you become like Christ when the Spirit is in you. Very good. Back here.
5: Yes. um, I compare the seal to, you know, when you're doing tile that you have to you know put the grout first then yes. then you have to seal it yeah. and and that seal protects it from uh, getting you know too much water through the grout yeah. and, and then moving it apart and and it, and it keeps it strong so i would say it's more of a, it's, it's a clear shine that 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 makes the floor looks beautiful yeah i think that the lord wants us to uh, shine for him that when, he, when we accept Him and when we are baptized, when we uh, follow Him and, and, and give ourselves to Him, He makes us shine for Him. He gives us that touch, that finishing touch to make us strong to go through different difficulties, you know, different yeah. uh, tests in life and okay. hardship. The Lord helps us. It's, it's like a little extra touch and help to, to go through life. Mm.
0: That is absolutely perfect. I got nothing more to say. Let's close with prayer. (laughs) Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Love it cards going up all over the place. Can we we step into the next text? I'll I'll, I'll let these two comments uh, uh, enter into it, but I want us to have one more filter because we're starting to talk about the seal. And I want to make sure as we're talking about the seal that we have scriptural foundation for it. And so if you look at the next text, Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14, let's... Take another angle, look in another window of this house by seeing, what does it say with these words? Verse 13 says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. When did it happen? When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. So what do you think it means that when you believed you were sealed? What does the seal mean? Those of you who uh, had comic cards up, if you want to touch on this, go ahead and raise your hand because I'll come directly to you. Otherwise, I'll come back to you. Are you good? Yeah. Go for it.
4: It has little to do with me. It has everything to do with Christ. In Isaiah, God says, could a mother ever forget the child in her womb? I will never forget you. I wrote your name on the palm of my hand before I created the universe. And that's a promise to me right now Mm -hmm. and for eternity. Yes, exactly.
0: Love it. I love it.
2: So in doing a little bit of research, um, the most common use of this word seal uh, in the context of that culture was uh, a seal was uh, a symbol of authority. And the way you made that symbol was by making a copy. And so reading through uh, this verse here in 2 Corinthians, Paul is saying over and over and over, he's saying, God anointed us using the words he said, he's making us like Christ Mm -hmm. by making us into a copy, a seal, and putting his spirit, that signifier, which is, that shows we have the authority, um, or that the authority behind that power is present in that copy. Mm -hmm. I love that, Aaron. I love it.
0: Back here, in the very back.
5: This conversation brought back to mind the um, verse that says, make me a new creature, the old creature is killed away, and I become a new creature.
0: Yes, exactly. There is total life change when the spirit is in you. Exactly. Why is it that we teach people, if you change, then God can come in? We've, We've been teaching people the instructions backwards. For generations do this stop that then God will it's the same we mentioned the Sabbath earlier Christ himself said is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath which then was translated by others is it lawful to do anything on the Sabbath and we've treated Sabbath as it is lawful to do nothing on the Sabbath when Christ's own lips says it is lawful to do good on the what are we doing with our Sabbath that is good? Okay, Because when most of us asked, are asked about the Sabbath, we're like, well, it's the best nap I ever take. <laughs> it's good for me, but is it good for my community? It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. We translate that, it is lawful to do nothing on the Sabbath. In the same way, we've taught people stop smoking, stop eating pigs, stop doing this, and then we can dunk you in the water, and that's when the Holy Spirit can come in and change you. I'm sorry, but I don't want to baptize anyone who has not already accepted the Holy Spirit into their heart. Because at baptism, what I, what I warn them about, and it happens to everybody, everybody gets baptized, you, you sense it. The moment you come up out of that water, you feel like laughing and crying all at the same time. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes in in an even more mighty way. Because in your heart, you're finally ready to accept the fact that God could forgive you of all your sins. And you finally let it go, and it, it makes the room for God to come in and say, now you believe me. Now you believe me how much I love you, and I want to bring life change to you. Uh, right here.
5: Yes, I had a slightly different Bible version here. It's the New English. Oh, yeah. And I use a word in there that I really like and I wanted to share. Please do. Um, let's see. Let me read that verse again. Um, if I can find it, let's see, and, and you too, when you had heard the message of truth and the good news of your salvation and had believed it, it became incorporate in Christ and received the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. And that spirit is the pledge mm-hmm. that we shall enter unto upon our inheritance when God has redeemed what is his own to his praise and glory.
0: I love that word pledge too. Everybody keep that word in your mind. And no, we're not talking about dusting with something completely different. Remember pledge. In the same way that I told you to remember what Marilyn said, which is engagement ring, I want you to remember those two. Because they're both trying to translate the same word. The same word, which we, in most of the translations, uh, translate as deposit. Okay? We're going to get to that one on the other side of the form. Yes, who was next between these two? Over there, okay.
1: Okay. Uh, I just found this chapter in First Peter two nine, that says, But ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Yes.
0: That actually is part of my notes. Some of you get my notes. You're, you're going to see as part of my notes. Because the beautiful thing that it's saying, if you accept your new life in the Spirit, and you accept what God is really trying to do by anointing you with His Spirit, that in the same way that Christ came as your priest and as your king, This text here says, but God wants to share that experience with you. He not only wants to make you Christ-like, he wants to make you like a king. He wants to make you like a priest. He's setting up your priesthood in your community so that you can share in the joy of what Christ gets to do for all of mankind. And so thank you so much for sharing. Yes, over here. Uh,
5: What Carol was reading um, in the message... Says we are signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God. Is Don't a...
0: sing the song in your head right now. Stop it. That's not a Sabbath song. Go on, Mary Kay.
5: <laughs> this signet from God is the first installment of what's coming. Yes.
0: Very cool. I'm so glad that you signed, sealed, delivered. Eugene Patterson is amazing. He's a poet. <laughs> I don't know what he's listening to on the radio, but I got to guess. In looking at this, you were sealed. There are several different directions you can go, and all of them uh, have some grounds of being accurate here. Some have a little bit more evidence that it's more one than the other, but I want you to take a look at your study guide because as I dug into several commentaries, these are the things that it might be. You were sealed might mean to be sealed securely. In other words, just like uh, what we were talking about with the tile. To seal that tile. okay, To make it secure. Make sure that bad influences aren't overtaking you. okay, uh, To place a mark of ownership is another use of the biblical term seal. Um, a signature to provide proof of identity. I want you to try plugging these into, if this is what God is saying for you, what does this mean for me? What if God put a signature on you to provide proof of identity? You're not of the world. You're mine. Good. Um, To guarantee the genuineness. Uh, In biblical times, what they would do is they'd put a seal on there to make sure you knew that what it says on the outside, if it says pure wheat grains, if it says rice, corn, whatever, that seal means, yes, we've checked it out. What's inside is what it says on the outside. So God seals you to say what's on the inside is what you're saying on the outside. So you no longer have to go saying, well, I feel like a facade, because I know what I'm supposed to do on the outside, but on the inside of it, the Holy Spirit changes that and makes the, outside what you're advertising, it makes the inside what you're advertising on the outside. Next, it could be uh, an accurate measure of contents. You would have to put a seal on contents during this day to make sure that if you said this is one pound of flour, that seal says we checked it out, and my seal of, of uh, guarantee is on there saying, yes, this is truly what it says. It could also mean to guarantee the security of something. For example, when Christ was in a tomb, what was on the outside of the tomb? Seal. Exactly, to make sure the security that what's inside is still inside. Okay, back here.
2: I kept coming back after the warm-up to authenticity, but in a way that when Satan attacks and tries to claim us, that seal says, they're mine. Yes. And we go to a notary to show that it's authentic. Well, how can this be? All the list of what we have done comes out, and that seal says, no, covered.
0: Yeah. It doesn't matter what you say, this has been verified. Exactly. You are owned. In fact, we're going to see later on where he calls you his possession. Yes, over
7: here. Um, I think there are two dimensions of being anointed that um, I would like to say now because um, in the Bible... Uh, when you see that verse, going back to the first part that, that I apologize, I'm, I'm going back, but yeah. um, to be anointed, it's also, it also means to be uh, consecrated yes. uh, for an office in religious service. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, mainly being like Jesus is one very important thing that is going to show mm-hmm. uh, to the world that, that we're sealed. Yeah. But also, we, we we can understand that uh, being sealed is to be set apart. Yes. Uh, for, for our service to God. Yes. And when you see uh, uh, Jesus, when, he, uh, when, when they had their counsel in heaven and he decided to come here and, and, and die for us, mm-hmm. he came. And then he received the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And w- once he received the Holy Spirit, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Yeah. So when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we're set apart for this service... God tells us that he loves us yes. and, the, and that he's pleased with us yes and I think that's that's something that 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 we can feel uh, <laughs> proud about and happy and thankful about it because uh, we are sons of God and and we have this great responsibility that mm-hmm. the angels could do but yeah. but God gave us that that privilege
0: it's beautiful man I love it thank you very much you. over here
6: yeah woohoo um, I'm just feeling, again, all this ties back to relationship. Yeah. And where is your relationship, my relationship, whoever's relationship with God? Yeah. And when are you sealed? Mm. I can't see any other time other than when you commit to him and you say, hey, dude, it's you and me. Let's go. Yeah. And he turns around and says the same thing. He says, okay, I'm going to help you through that. Yeah. In my mind, that would be you're now anointed mm-hmm. to have his power in your life. Um, let's tie this back to other discussions we've had here. Yeah. Uh God hardened pharaoh 's heart we We discussed how hardened was not necessarily a bad thing, but gave him the courage to do what he knew he needed to do exactly you know seal your life you're anointed to have the power and your his power in your life to do what you need to do yeah. within to be your yeah. own priest of your own priesthood, right yeah your community yeah. Um, and then all, and to maintain that relationship. Um, fourth commandment whatever else all the commandments again that goes back to the wedding vows the commandments is wedding vows yeah. so there again is just this relationship of you're sealed you're anointed you're his mark on your life and you living that out yeah absolutely
0: i love it and and you brought up a you brought up a point as far as um, time like when was it happen um, it's interesting to know you've all you've already seen twice you're going to see in the next verse to come but all of the texts refer to past, present, and future. Just look at, look at the verbs, the past tense. You were sealed. You were sealed, uh, who, is, who is, present, a deposit, guaranteeing the future. So if you, if, if you switch those around and say, well, I'm living in a promise now of future things, but I don't yet have the seal, you're reversing the timeline of God because God says when you believed in him, you were sealed. So get over it. You're sealed, okay? We're moving on. You're in a saving relationship with God and we're moving on because we got work to do because it's not about you per se. God's very excited that you are now part of the heaven's party train and we're all going. But if, you're, if you switch them, you realize the problem all your attention is going toward being sealed, you're still focused on yourself. And God needs you to get over yourself and say, I've been sealed, and so now I need to deal with now what is God's purpose and destiny for my life at this time in my community. Because I've I've got that taken care of. In fact, even now, I have a tangible deposit, which is the next verse we're gonna get to, but I want a couple of comments real, real quick and then let's go to the deposit. Dr. Schmitt. I remember
4: Graham Maxwell would talk about this word, sincere. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about furniture that was made. And you can imagine uh, Jesus with his dad making mm-hmm. a chair. Yeah. If there was any defects, they would add wax to it. So sincere in those days meant without wax.
0: Yeah, if that's the word that's used. And yeah. so I
4: would suspect that Jesus made a chair without any wax. Yes,
0: yes. And your steel, although we think of steels as being made of wax, it's without wax.
6: I think so. yes. Uh, yes, recently reading through uh, Kings, uh, reading about Solomon. Solomon was a, a man who was totally dedicated to God. But in his later years, he uh, followed other gods. Was he sealed at one time, and did he lose that sealing? See,
0: we need to also rewrite something in our minds. Okay, we've already gotten past the thing that once saved, always saved is not biblically accurate. We know that. You can't just say, I love you, God, and now I'm going to go do my own thing. In the same way, I mean, I don't understand how we could say that when, as human beings, we would never say, I got married and I never got divorced, I just, I don't spend time with my spouse. Honestly, all I needed to do is get married. I I got married that day, I say, I do, and then now I don't. But I'm still married. Oh yeah, I'm happily married. I don't know where they are, but I'm happy. (laughs) We don't do that in our human relationships. Why would we ever allow that in a relationship with God? We've spoken about this before, how people have confused the two things of unconditional love, which God offers, we've confused that with unconditional relationship, which does not exist anywhere, even in heaven. There is no such thing as an unconditional relationship. It does not happen on heaven or earth. God loves you unconditionally. He'll do anything for you, but there are conditions to having a relationship. And so in order to remain sealed, you have to remain sealed. Married, which brings us to our next text, and I'll get to these uh, others here in just a second. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4 and 5 is on the back of your study guide. It says, For while we are in this tent, Paul's using this funny uh, play on words, he's calling these bodies today tents, but he's looking forward to the day when we live in our buildings. Okay, and he says in verse 4, For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is, more, uh, what is mortal may be swallowed up by, by life. Verse five, now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God who has given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. You have the Holy Spirit as a deposit. When he sealed you, which happened when you said, I believe God's real, and I believe he has my best interest in mind. At that moment, the Holy Spirit comes as a deposit when you were sealed. We're going to open that up in a few moments. John.
4: Well, I was going to say, but we move past it, is what I heard you saying, is we really change animals. We go from seal to porpoise. <laughs>
0: I don't know if I'm rubbing off on you or you're rubbing off on me, but I get you. I totally get you.
6: I was looking at the definition uh, um, that was brought up in, in when I looked up here. It says, to prove one's testimony to a person that he is what he professes to be. Ah, brings us back
0: to the word authenticity. Exactly. Back here.
3: Hi. Well, um, I was thinking you've been talking about both... The book of life and as the sealing, and um, I actually believe that from the beginning everyone's name is written in the book of life, and then you get blotted out, because yeah. I do believe that there will be people in heaven who haven't known Jesus,
1: mm.
3: and in order to do that, then in some way, God is working in them in a way too, and and they haven't received the seal like Christians can do, maybe. Yeah, it- and so I mean, I'm glad I'm glad you said that. Also, the ceiling is a is a thing of maintaining towards mm-hmm. your life and your walk with Jesus. Yeah, and I also think that there is a ceiling happening every day in our lives, and mm-hmm. there will also be a ceiling an, an end time ceiling. Okay. And and there has to be because otherwise, you know, there's a door that will be shut that cannot be opened, and and there is an end to everything, and so yeah. God has to to. Just. Divide between the two mm-hmm. groups.
0: Sheep, sheep and the goats. Um, your homework for this afternoon to, to have scriptural proof of what you just said, look at Romans chapter 2, talking about individuals who haven't grown up in the faith. How are they going to be treated? So, Romans chapter 2 is a, is a good place to, to look at for that. I, I want you to look real quick, and I, I see the cards. I'm, I'm going to try to get to you real quick, but I want you to see something that we've been building up to. When you look at what God says, you've been sealed. From the moment you believed, you were sealed, and then the Holy Spirit, who is the mark of that seal. You got the mark of the beast, and you got the mark of God. The mark of God is the Holy Spirit, okay? The seal of God is the Holy Spirit at work in your life to help you keep all commandments. It's not to undermine the commandments. It's not to belittle any of the commandments. It's to help you fulfill the wedding vows that God gave in Exodus 20. If you look at what it says here in the original Greek of what is it what was Paul saying when he said the Holy Spirit is given to you as a deposit. It's a very interesting word that's used there. It's erbon. Erbon. It can be used talking in merchant circles as far as you need to Put enough money on the table or some collateral so I know that uh, we've got a deal and it will hurt one of us if you back out. But did you know in modern Greek today, if you say Erebon, the first thing that comes to a Greek's mind is the engagement ring? It's what they call the engagement ring, Erebon, is the engagement ring. So read back through this text and say, okay, wait, 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 wait. So God says you're sealed when, when you believed him, and the sign is that the Holy Spirit comes into your life. It doesn't say a portion of the Holy Spirit, by the way. The entirety of the Holy Spirit comes into your life. You're not waiting for more of the Holy Spirit. And I, I know we sometimes pray, Lord, give us more. What we're actually praying is, Lord, get me out of the way so the Holy Spirit can do all of what he wants to do. So when God says, I will give you the Holy Spirit, he doesn't say a portion of the Holy Spirit. He says, I will give you the Holy Spirit. He will come into your life, God himself, the very presence of God in your life to full measure. And I will give him to you as an engagement ring. What do engagement rings symbolize today? Promise. Relationship, pledge, commitment, love, and you're going to get married, and it communicates to the rest of the world, I'm taken. Look elsewhere, I'm taken. If I had time today, it would be great for us to go through a study of individuals in this world Many of them work in uh, the service industries, maybe as a hostess at a restaurant, who wear something that looks like an engagement ring, but they're not actually engaged. They are simply wearing something on the outside to keep a certain group of individuals from bothering them. If I had time, we'd have a whole worship service in here on that. God says to you today in your new life, if you believe in me, you can accept the full measure of God's presence. Today, you can experience. It says here, guaranteeing what's to come, which in many translations and some of the other verses uh, say a foretaste of what is yet to come. In other words, God says, even though you're on earth now, I want you to experience something that happened in the Garden of Eden and will happen in heaven. I want you to experience what life is like when you get to walk with God. Together, in a tangible way, right now, because I have sealed you, it's time to walk with me. Let me help you stand at the times when you would stumble. Let me help you walk where you're going. Let me help you not worry about that so your soul's absolute concern is what am I doing to fulfill my God-given destiny? My purpose in reaching out to helping other people know that heaven now is possible because heaven is wherever god is and god says i want to tabernacle myself in you and you have been sealed and now you've got the ring you're taken and your life is to live until and this makes total sense why is it that all of christ's metaphors of the second coming have to do with a wedding until the wedding comes keep that ring on your finger you're taken That's right, you are taken. So don't you ever let the devil tell you otherwise. God has big, big plans for you. And he's spending a lot of energy on the honeymoon coming up. Now we want you to join us for episode 25 because we're actually starting a new series and this one will blow you away. It's called the first sermon. And it's all focused around Jesus's very first sermon in Matthew chapters five through seven. We start this first session looking at Jesus' intro on the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm telling you, it is absolutely not what you thought it was. In fact, it was quite comical. So if you've ever wondered why people say that Jesus was actually funny, you got to come back this next week to understand how Jesus started the Sermon on the Mount with a humorous illustration. Thanks so much for joining us. Share this with a friend if you can. God bless.
1: Thank you for listening to the Bible Lab Podcast. If you're planning a trip to Southern California, make sure to reserve your VIP seats in the Bible Lab by emailing us at info at com. Programs are recorded each Saturday at 10.30 a.m. We hope to see you soon. Until then, we wish you God's richest blessings as you continue to research and develop the character of God.